Welcome to On Cam Ready. I'm Jamie Maglietta, TV news veteran, here to help you produce up your content so you can become more on cam ready for your social media and potential opportunities with the press. Here's a clip from this week's episode. So rehearsing is 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 and writing it out, writing it like you said, having notes um, is is important. Um, doing research. So a lot of the presentations I give, if there are if it's on new material that I haven't presented before, I get some research so I can use illustrations and examples. Um, and then simple things like, like uh, guys don't often think about makeup, but I tend to try to put on some sort of foundation or, or concealer mm -hmm. if it's gonna be on camera. That was film producer and production executive, Brian McLaughlin. You know, I booked Brian because of his charisma. He actually worked in finance. He had a career in finance, and then he pivoted into film. The hustle that he showed during that time is something I wanted to highlight. You know, if you're looking to produce up your content online, connect with the right people, and present really well when you do have those TV opportunities, a guest like Brian can offer you inspiration and advice on how you can really put yourself out there. During the massive media layoffs in 2022, um, I think it was around Disney layoffs, he posted this video from when he spoke at the University of Notre Dame. Here's a clip. Your friends, the people who love you, will advise you to stay on the safe path because they care. But they, what they don't get is that that dream is bigger than the hurdles, that the obstacles are temporary, and you will overcome them. And the good news is that dreams don't have deadlines. There's a message here I wanted to make sure our audience was able to take in. Dreams don't have deadlines. So if you're someone who has always had the dream of appearing on TV to talk about your business or to be a doctor called in to weigh in on breaking news or a lawyer who is really looking to be a contributor on prime time somewhere. Just remember, dreams don't have deadlines. <laughs> and I hope that what you gain from this conversation is more of the inspiration. He's a TV insider. He's bold, and he is a former comedian. Yes, Brian did stand up. So he taps into some of that during our conversation, but he primarily focuses on the hustle and the mindset. In this Forbes article out in August, Ashley Deland, business advisor, educator, and community builder, that's what they call her in the article, um, she is a CEO. She wrote, quote, having a PhD or being a well-renowned specialist on a certain topic will help you gain authority. I'm kind of loosely quoting. But sometimes when you're a few feet ahead of your audience and look back to guide them forward, that's all it takes for them to see you as an expert. And Brian is one of those people. He leads. And that's the premise of our conversation. So let's get to it. With us, actually not with us, because I recorded this 
a while back when I just started to put together these video podcasts. So excuse me for that. But Brian and I spoke a little while ago, and here's part of our conversation. With us today is Brian McLaughlin. Brian, you have a storied career. What I loved most about your career from when I did some research on you was that you pivoted from the finance world to film. And as a PGA member, I got to hear about all the wonderful things you do for the Producers Guild, creating panels, and that just really sparked my interest in who you are as a business leader and as a producer. So I wanted to talk to you on um, on Cam Ready, and if you don't mind starting off by telling us how you started in your career and where you are today. Yes, thank you, and thank you for having me on the show. I, I um had never planned on this career or this industry at all. I was going to be a business manager like my father and travel around the world as as he did and make deals. And, and I was doing that for a while. Um, and I moved to, or the company that I was working for moved to Tucson, which people may not realize, and I didn't realize, had a long history in the film and TV industry when Westerns were popular because of the setting there. And so although Westerns had gone away, there was still a very lively film and TV community there. And I got involved in acting just as a hobby, kind of on a whim. And um, because I was a business guy, people learned that I, eventually that business was one of my strengths. And they asked me to get involved in raising funding for their films. And so I took about a year to research all of that and get smart and realized that it was a way I could combine my creative side with my business side and also have ideally not no upside limit to what I could make and accomplish. Um, um, but financially, you know, at the end of my career at, on the corporate side, I knew where I was going to end up um, basically. And, <clears throat> but on the film and TV side, you know, people, get quite wealthy. Uh, but in any case, it's, it's a fun mm -hmm. career. It's very satisfying. Um, the people are, are so collaborative and supportive. So I, I made, made the leap and, and um, never looked back and not, not a single day have I thought, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. It's been wonderful. And the one thing I tell people is that creatives really need people with the financial backing. They need people who understand the numbers, the Excel spreadsheets, mm -hmm. can budget a film and really apply their business mindset to a project. So really mm -hmm. you put yourself in a really nice position in the film industry. You know, I looked that into your um, bio and you've had over 80, uh, 60 films that you've acted in, but you've also produced a number of films. So when you went from, you know, that guy who's acting once in a while, to now, hey, I'm going to produce a film or I'm going to be involved in the production side and production management. How did you make that pivot? Did it just naturally fall into place because of that positioning? I originally had only intended to be the funding part to get mm -hmm. investors and, and then select films that we would fund. Um, but I realized exactly what you're saying that the creatives did not know how to to budget and to manage a budget and to um, to sell their films, project revenues, and um, and then manage those revenue streams later. And so I 
this I don't even know if it was a decision or if the people that I decided to work with on their projects um asked me to produce with them and and it just seemed like a natural because of my management on the business side in my previous career it seemed natural to be organizing and coordinating um hiring and locations and and all the things that producers <laughs> we could take the whole 30 minutes just listing what producers do as you know um but, but we won't get into that and it just seemed like a very natural transition and it it is you know i'm in that realm now where having been a creative and now on the production management side, having that business mindset and then trying to help a film or a documentary, you really can bring more to the table. And also having a creative side like yourself, you know, you also understand maybe what they're trying to get at. You and I spoke not too long ago and you were talking about this one time you were walking on a set and to see it all, the lights, the people, it just really hit you. Do you mind sharing your moment of when you were on one of the sets that yeah, you recently the reason, worked um, in? Yeah, the reason I bring up that moment repeatedly is because we are, all of us uh, tend to be consumed with what's next. You know, where where does my career go from here? Um, what's my next job going to be? I mean, how long will I be in between jobs? And it's, a, it, you know, it um, seems it can be a, a constant stress. And, um, <clears throat> but that day I was on the, this set of a Western town. It was that uh, we were shooting American Horror Stories and um, I was a department head uh, for the health and safety department. And I didn't have much to do that evening. I, so I was able to just walk around and they, this church on the set was had these huge lights. There were a hundred people around it. And then off on the street where I was, there were probably 50 extra background actors in in western gear and i just realized like this is it this is mm -hmm. this is so much fun this is the life i'm on a major tv show i'm a department head and look at the setting i'm in why should i be stressing about something i should be savoring moments like this just everyday moments that that uh, i could just be enjoying rather than stressing out about the future because the future um you know, it'll work out, you know, so why stress about it for months in advance? I just wanted to interrupt this conversation to let you know about the glitch. So when I am on camera, you may see me kind of have a stutter appear on my face. Unfortunately, when I recorded this, I had faulty equipment and I didn't have any clue that it was occurring. So as I troubleshoot and learn, I will be telling you and sharing my information with you. So I wanted you to be aware of that. Now back to the conversation. So Brian, you know, he's on LinkedIn, find him on LinkedIn. He posted this great video around, um, I think it was layoffs, Disney layoffs, or you were trying to relate to people mm -hmm. about, Hey, don't feel lost. And he posted this clip of you talking to a class. And what I loved about it was that you were just very candid about, you know, your pivot, your moment of, of your aha moment, like you just said about being out on that set. There are people listening that might be going through that aha moment or, oh, darn moment, I got to make a change. What is it that maybe drove you to launch your own business and maybe to go out on your own? that other people can learn from? Are there any tips that you can offer? 
Well, it's not the path for everyone because some people just really need the security and the comfort. Um, and, and, and none of us really, mm -hmm. I don't think, savor <laughs> the, the, the day, the, the times in between income streams. But um, <laughs> that, so that is important, you know, know what your mentality is, know if you can handle the, yeah. the, the dark times. <laughs> and, and then when they come, you know, just uh, stay positive. But um, so I, I think do research, like I, I said, I took a year before I made the leap. And I put together a business plan. I, I read everything I could. I went to conferences and workshops. I talked to as many people as I could. Um, get mentors. Uh, the, one thing I love about this industry, and, and probably it's true of all creative fields and, and maybe all entrepreneurial fields, is that people are so mutually supportive. You know, we're all in the same kind of boat. So um, some boats are bigger and faster, and others uh, are, <laughs> you do a lot of rowing. But everyone uh, understands the other the other people. And and when I first came to L.A., I wrote every week to, to 20 people that I wanted to meet with. Uh, and these were top producers and top executives. And I asked for meetings and and so many of them wrote back and, and said, sure. And, and I don't remember the percentage, but it was a lot, you know, and I think in that year I probably averaged one of those meetings a week. Um, with with amazing people, Peter Berg, who had just done Lone, Sur Lone Survivor, and he'd also done Friday Night Lights. He's just done so many films. You know, he spent forty five minutes talking with me and advising me. And the the head of uh, the president of Worldwide Physical Production at at Warner Brothers, Steve Papazian, spent an hour and forty five minutes with me. That's incredible. Um, and 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 yeah, and they they you know I stay in touch with them, and there's there's they and people like that. You know, so many people like that. Uh, they remain very supportive and mutually supportive because there are people, uh, a friend of mine is an executive vice president at, at Sony. And I wrote to her about, um, a, about looking for work. And she wrote back and said, I still remember when you helped me out in, in the producers guild mentoring program, and I'd love to meet with you. And so we got together for lunch and I, I, I've ended up introducing her to two or three executives that can advise her in her career <laughs> since that lunch. So everyone tends to be mutually supportive. Another friend of mine is just finished as head of programming at, at um, Lifetime. No, yeah, Lifetime. And she had previously been the general manager at uh, TLC. And um, now she's in between jobs. And, you know, she, she, she wrote to me and or she replied to me and said, yeah, let's help each other out. And that's that's the important thing in this industry, helping helping mm -hmm. your friends. You know, there are some points that you made that I actually just wrote about in a blog for MT Deco. MT Deco is um, an agency that helps people with their branding, social media. But I wrote this blog about mindset and hustle. And I feel like you and I are very similar, which is what I loved about our first conversation. And did you ever find yourself manifesting where you kind of saw what you wanted and you researched and you kept going toward what you saw to make it reality? You know, I, I do that all the time. Yeah. Um, and by all the time, I mean daily and, um, and I sometimes in, in 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 with that is I go and listen to that talk that I gave because it was very motivational and I psych myself up with that. But yes, I do that. And but I also don't worry about it being specifically what I'm trying to manifest because mm -hmm. more often than not, I find 
it ends up being something completely unexpected that I, and, and, and just when I need it too. So um, mm-hmm. I, I manifest more about the feeling of satisfaction and, and, and abundance and, and um, success and, mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. And but then also to go about, up to people that are complete strangers, that's hustle. I enjoy talking to people and meeting people. Mm-hmm. I go to events um, like with the Producers Guild and um, and I, I'm one of the early, first ones there and one of the last ones to leave. And, and when I see someone talk, standing by themselves, I go talk to them or somebody I've never met before, I go join them. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. It's just so much fun for me. <laughs> I know it's not you know, for everybody, but I, I that's like what it. I loved about you when I first met you in one of my very first producer guild um, meetings, because you were just mm-hmm. so energetic and willing to like do anything you can to educate and help people. And, mm-hmm. you know, this does bring me up to someone I recently spoke to that you connected me with. Her name is Shay, and she really speaks completely highly of you as a mentor. She says that, you know, you're someone who really invests in his employees in people and you really do try to help and and lift people up and and give them the best direction and guidance possible i mean first what do you what do you have to say about shay's um compliment well i i I love hearing that because shay is a (laughs) wonderful person and she she was a terrific supervisor working for me on the other black girl a hulu show that comes out this September um, mm-hmm. and and depending on when somebody's watching this last September <laughs> but she she was amazing she uh, did, needed no supervision from me she went off and saved us like twenty thousand dollars off of our budget just by making deals and and um but I I one of the things I said to her was you haven't updated your LinkedIn and ever. <laughs> and so <laughs> your assignment is to go update your LinkedIn and your IMDB and your website because she has a she had a website and I she went and told her mother that I was giving her homework. <laughs> and her mother said, I want Brian to be my boss. <laughs> but but it, she and I are I still I'm good, gonna be talking though. to her later on today. Um she's and I talked to her over the weekend. So she we stay in touch. And and I do that with I love doing that with people who really show a lot of promise and a lot of passion as she does. And um, it's, you know, I don't, I do care about everyone who works for me, but I don't always spend that, give that kind of attention to each one of them. But um, I do that to the ones that really, really look to me like they, they love doing this and they're going to stick with it and, and, and they're sharp and they're, they're just the, the best of the best. She's great, by the way. She was giving me some wonderful advice. I was like, oh, maybe I need to work with you. (laughs) She has a lot of ideas, which Mm -hmm. I think is great. But that also speaks to you as a leader, you know, someone that she will always turn to. And that's that's wonderful. You know, speaking of leaders, you also worked for General Petraeus in the media. Was it in the media department or how how did this go about? What was this role? So his... um... His organization, the International Security Assistance Force, Assistance Force in Afghanistan, um, had it, within it uh, a, a unit, I guess you could say, called the uh, Counterinsurgency Advisory and, and Assistance Team. And it had all kinds of specialists in different fields um, 
counterinsurgency being a big one of them, but also rule of law and policing and and um, um, development. We had de- development people who were building dams and and schools mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And um, one of the positions was media production advisor, and it was someone who was advising him on better ways to reach the many audiences that he had in his position. Um, and I was the second person, I think, to to fill that job. And um, so I gave him recommendations on uh, how to better use, for example, um, Afghan, existing Afghan television shows and movies that communicated the same messages that he was trying to get out, but more authentically because they were locally, they were homegrown. And so the audiences seeing them would pay more attention to them because they really kind of just laughed at the pr- propaganda that that ISAF was putting out. Um, and and then in addition to that, I, I um, ran around the country a bit on my own with with uh, Afghan crew shooting little documentary shorts um, on different topics like um, Department of Agriculture. Uh, I want to say manager was running these really effective programs in in a very hostile area in southeastern Afghanistan that was turning villages in onto our side, basically, on, onto the side of the local government rather than to the side of the Taliban. And um, it, she was so effect, being more effective than anyone else in the country. And the I think it was the Secretary of Agriculture c- came into the country and gathered all his folks together and said, do what she's doing or or do something better. But do what she's doing because it's working. And they showed the documentary that I had created for her. And another one was um, uh, the, the yeah. uh, was a shot, a, a conference that the Afghan army had internally and, and, and gave them a DVD of that so they could spread the word throughout their, the, their forces. You know, documentaries, I could use that as a pivot point where we are to the strike. But before I do, I just wanted to really talk about the fact that for all of your roles, you need to become on camera ready. Before that camera starts rolling, you need to have a plan in place, a checklist in any scenario. For example, even before this conversation, I'm sure mm-hmm. at some point you thought, okay, what are the points I want to make sure I'm saying? But as someone who is in the production world, what advice do you usually give others before they find themselves in a public position or in front of a camera? That's a great question because a lot and, <laughs> and your whole podcast series is really great because people don't tend to think about that. You know, it's like 10 minutes ago, yeah. like, oh, I just I guess I should make sure that the link works. <laughs> I mean, that's how many of us are, but yeah. there is that moment, right? Where you do mm-hmm. have to the game things out sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Depending on what the event is, you know, there might be rehearsals, you know, uh, you know, individually. So I've given presentations that, and I've gone through them five or 10 times to make sure mm-hmm. the timing is exactly what it's supposed to be, or that I'm comfortable with the material and understand it. So rehearsing is, 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 and writing it out, writing it, as you said, having notes um, is, is important. Um, doing research. So a lot of the presentations I give, if there are, if it's on new material that I haven't presented before, I get some research so I can use illustrations and examples. Um, and then simple things like, like uh, guys don't often think about 
makeup, but I tend to try to put on some sort of foundation or or concealer mm -hmm. if it's going to be on camera or in person. Yeah, you don't want to be shiny. Yeah, um, and not not that I can really help it with this head, <laughs> <laughs> and and clothing too, particularly if you're going to be in front of an audit live audience. Um, maybe have layers or dark clothing because we'll you know we're all going to be nervous and there might be perspiration. So covering that up is is important. And I will now refer to those notes that you mentioned um, to see if I've hit everything and I can't read them without these. No, that's good. <laughs> oh, and another thing was um, prepare with questions that either yes. I might ask or, mm -hmm. or that other people will ask. Um, and then finally, psych myself up. I used to do stand-up comedy and um, there was a lot of psyching up before each time I got on stage because nobody wants to see a nervous comic or a nervous speaker. Not not that it isn't natural because it is perfectly natural, but it's uh, like like they say, don't never let them see you sweat. <laughs> yeah, it is hard though to not to let people see you sweat. I mean, for mm -hmm. example, you know, I'm starting this, I started this podcast to go along with my new business and you know, my set isn't ready. My camera's glitching. You know, it's, you can't sometimes if, as a perfectionist like myself, and I'm sure you are too, it's hard to put yourself out there when you are a perfectionist. And sometimes perfectionisms will hold you back from actually just doing it. Mm -hmm. And what I've come to realize is, you know what, sometimes you just got to go with it and, and hope for the best and make it the best because life isn't always easy and mm -hmm. neither is putting yourself out there. Right, right. And nobody... So we're, we're our harshest critics. Nobody else is going to yes. notice. Like if you hadn't said that, no one's going to say, look what, her, look what she's had her set. Exactly. You know, it looks, it's fine to me. I, I mean, I think yeah, it, great. it is, but, but that's the thing. Like somebody like my, you know, I would be like, oh, it's not, I'm, it's not ready, you know, but you can't mm -hmm. always be completely ready. Yeah. But sometimes you just got to go on cam. Right. <laughs> So before we go, I just wanted to get some of your tips and pieces of advice for individuals who, you know, might be impacted by the strike that's going on right now. We're recording this in August. Um, this could be, you know, any time of the year that you're listening to it. But there is this moment right now where the writers and the actors, they're striking and there's a change in entertainment and a shift. And some of them may be looking to kind of go out on their own. When you started your company, you know, when you think back to it, what steps or maybe three tips could you provide people that are looking to start their own today? Well, know that it's not, life is not going to follow your plan. So plan as best as you can and then adapt as, as things come up. For example, um, uh, one of the projects that I, I had early on was a corporate video and I had never plan to do corporate videos, but it was a, a friend of mine asked me if his, who was a filmmaker, he was a filmmaker, but, but um, his, in his real life, you know, his real life job, it was a company that did something completely different and they wanted a corporate video made. And, and so I put together a team and, and sent a camera crew around to the different factory locations around the country. And we, we did a, a, a video for, um, you know, a bunch of money that we wouldn't have otherwise had. And, and it, it's something that's on my resume now that, that if I ever want to do something like that again, at least I have experience doing it. Um, we did music videos too. Another thing I, I hadn't planned to do. So be, be willing to pivot. Um, the other thing is uh, 
plan for things to take a lot longer than you're, you initially hope for them to be because as, as much as I hope everybody will just, it'll all click for everyone immediately, um, be prepared for it to take three times as long or and cost twice as much. So um, be, be have backups in terms of revenue that will keep you going. Um, mm-hmm. Have a plan B. Uh, let's say someone's going to be an actor. Plan B could be working in costumes or working in uh, as a writer, um, but or it could be working at Starbucks. You know, but and the, but the other flip side of that is, don't let your plan B become your only become your your life. And don't let go of your plan A because uh, and to do that, you, you probably have to to be accountable to yourself, and that means like apply to to different jobs, this many jobs a week, or this submit for this many auditions or write this, this often a day, depending on what your plan A is so that your plan B doesn't become too comfortable for you to just settle into. That's great because I find myself, you know, I have my plan A, my plan A production management, my plan B on cam ready, you know, putting together tips and advice out there. Cause I have years of experience, like, make use of it. Right. Mm-hmm. But sometimes your plan B winds up taking a lot of your time and energy. Right. And you got to make sure that you find B. a balance. Yeah. It could be the plan B is another door that opens that ends up being yeah. what you love more. So I'm not saying that <laughs> Maybe. plan A has to be your, you know, this albatross around your neck forever. It could be that uh-huh. you find out being a script supervisor is what you really love, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and steady employment maybe too. So uh, yeah. there's that's a good more, point. There's more than one flip side to all that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, anyone who's listening, you know, just make sure you check out Brian McLaughlin on LinkedIn, IMDb, and um, because we're both PGA members, I just highly recommend the Producers Guild of America. If you are a producer and you're eligible, you should definitely sign up or apply because you can't just sign up. So apply and um, get yourself out there. I love the events we've been hosting in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And And, when you do join, you know, participate because it's it's good to participate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Jamie. That was my conversation with Brian McLaughlin. Do check out the description so you have a link to his LinkedIn and IMDB. He is available for projects. I also have a downloadable PDF there to help you craft out your own video or audio podcast. I put together a bunch of questions that will help you structure and develop your idea into a show. And if you decide to create that show, be sure to give Riverside a chance. I am affiliated with Riverside for for transparency. And if you use my link, you will financially support this podcast, which is every YouTuber's dream, right? So I do have an affiliate link below. I'm very excited for that. I actually tested out a variety of recording platforms and found Riverside to be the most efficient because with all the social media platforms that we need to post across, Riverside was the only one that gave me the opportunity to cut my podcast in the platform and then cut for all the different types of social media platforms in the different formats needed to fit those platforms. So I hope you'll give Riverside a chance. And if you do, let me know. Email me, jamie at oncamready.com.
and find me on Instagram at Jamie underscore the producer. Guys, I'm not an on-camera personality. I'm behind the scenes. I've been a producer for across uh, cable news for nearly 20 years. So to put myself out here, it's a little rough. But when you launch a business, you really need to go all in. And right now, if you're not on social and you're not on camera, you're not ready. So be sure to check out oncamready.com and get in touch with me. If you need to hire a producer or a content creator, I'm also available, potentially. I've been See you online.